You are listening to the Beyond the High Road podcast with Shelby Milford, episode number 65. Stay tuned. Welcome to Beyond the High Road. Hi, guys. It is the 26th of December. Look at this little guy I've got going on over here. <laughs> oh, I had my hair up earlier. I just came back from lunch with my father. It is his 76th birthday today. A crappy birthday to have as a kid, like being, I can just imagine for him being a kid and having your birthday the day after Christmas. I know for me, when I was a kid with him, I would always bundle them together. Oh, Merry Christmas, happy birthday. And I would always like re-gift Smurfs or whatever I had that they had given me. And I'd been like, here, you can have this one. <laughs> but so anyway, yeah, his birthday is December 26th. I have one other friend that her birthday is on the 26th as well. Back in Austin, her kiddo and mine are five, six days apart. My daughter's birthday is on June 1st. And her son's birthday is on June 6th, I believe. Something like that. My daughter was three weeks old when we moved to Austin. And so our babies came up together. And... They tracked on all of their milestones together and even like at their checkups, at their one month, three month, six months, all those checkups. They tracked on their head and their height percentile. I think they were always the same, but then my daughter was always in like the 95th or 97th percentile in her weight. She was like, as a baby, it was just like so amazing. I used to love it. But anyway, the mom, my friend, yeah, her birthday's at 26 too. So I always thought, that's so unfortunate. I guess there are pluses and minuses to everything, right? It's been an interesting holiday, to say the least. Frustrating is definitely one of the words that I would use and probably will use for a long time to come, remembering the Christmas of 2023. I have learned so much during this time about myself and about how I want to move, like where my priorities are going forward. You know what I'm saying? And in fact, one of the stories that I have from this weekend, I'm going to tell you towards the end of the episode. I'll save that for the last one. But what we're going to be talking about today is when people disappoint, when your loved ones, close friends, family members, when they do things that yeah, disappoint, let you down, make you think things that aren't nice <laughs> and are challenging, right? When people are acting in ways that you wish they wouldn't, especially when it comes to those close to you that you don't want to have ill feelings toward. Or maybe even acquaintances, like in the last example that I'll give you a little later, this was somebody that was a newer friend and she did some things that caused me to think thoughts <laughs> that weren't helpful and also caused me to reevaluate whatever friendship we might have been starting. But yeah, so that's what I want to talk about today. I am not necessarily addressing the alienating parties. Just know that. But it doesn't mean that you can't apply it to them if you feel it's fit. I, I am meaning it to be applicable towards those that you are thinking are your supporters. You know what I'm saying? Not the alienator, not the disordered personality. Yeah. Okay. Some quick examples I can think of are like if you've not been invited to a social gathering that you thought you should be or you wanted to be, when maybe you even 
asked about the event and were lied to. Or maybe somebody wasn't there for you the way that you thought they might be or the way that you wanted them to be when something happened in your life. When people talk about you behind your back, not just with alienation, which we I'm sure I could probably speak for all of us and say that definitely we've had our fair share of thinking that other people are doing this, whether they are or not, I don't know, whatever. But this is something that we all know is when people are gossiping behind your back. Another example I can think of is like when you've told something to somebody in confidence, hoping that they would keep it to themselves and they didn't, they shared it with another person. It caused you to lose trust in them, caused you to reevaluate your relationship status or how you wanted to move forward with that relationship. We spoke a few weeks ago about old pain, old resentments. So if you haven't listened to that one, that would be a good pairing for this one. The examples I'm going to provide you with today, I was jotting down notes earlier for this episode. I was like, when have I been disappointed in my past? But one of the first things that came up for me was my mom. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to this where a very close family member following alienation has done or not done things that cause us to feel unsupported. Two separate issues, incidents came up. The first one was when I still had my daughter. Let me just give you some background on my mom. My mom is a devout Catholic, radically Catholic. She is a chaplain. Like She is very big into her Catholicism. And I, although I did my first communion, I was never confirmed, I don't believe all of the things that Catholics believe. In fact, I find this is not bad or good, and I don't want to get into a discussion about religion for sure, because whatever you believe is amazing and fine. And in fact, I have come to today, my belief is God is in every religion, right? And that no belief is wrong or bad or less than another faith at all. So that's where I stand today. And but when my daughter was young, very young, three, four, really, my mom started to impose her beliefs on my daughter. And at first, it was not a big deal to me because I thought, what harm could it do? My mom has her beliefs and that's okay until it became a little bit intrusive. And she would call almost nightly and want to recite the rosary with my daughter. The more she was insistent, often making the conversation centered around Catholicism, the more I decided that I didn't want that. It just was much. Let's just say that. It was just much. Any reason I had would have been a good one because it's my daughter. But I had a lot of really solid reasoning for it. And it was not because her belief was wrong and my belief was right. It was that I wanted my daughter to be able to make her own decisions about what she wanted to believe when she came of age, right? And so I wanted to leave things more open-ended for her, also providing her with all the information that she asked for or that I gave her that was around, right? But my mom was more like, if you're not Catholic, then you're going to hell. You must convert to Catholicism or you will go to hell. And for a four and five and six and seven-year-old, I didn't agree with this. And so I asked her to not, to please discontinue having these conversations with my daughter because it, it got to the point where every birthday, every holiday, every phone call, every everything was surrounded with Mother Mary and I, you get it, right? It was much. 
And so I asked her to stop, to please cease all of this craziness because the expectations were becoming very high and I felt there was a lot of pressure being put on my daughter. And so one, her, the summer of my daughter's, she was just turned seven, I allowed her to go visit my mom for four or five days. It was with the understanding that my mom did not impose her Catholicism on my daughter and that they didn't go to mass every day and that all the things. And I'm sure you can guess what happened. So I had a lot of words to say about that. And then I had no words to say because I stopped speaking with her. I was very upset with my mom for this because in my mind, she was undermining me, my authority. I was really upset about this so much that I didn't speak to her for, I think, close to a year, maybe even longer. Yeah, no, this was years. I, I didn't speak to her until after the whole fiasco happened with my daughter going over to her dad's a year after that. And so then after a few months of speaking with her again and us being on better terms, another thing happened and she was going behind my back and speaking with my ex and like doing it without letting me know. I know why she was doing it. She was doing it for a good reason. She wanted to maintain contact with my daughter. And the only way to do that, she couldn't go around them. She had to go through them. So I get why she was doing it. It was the way that she went about it. And then a few things that happened as a result of it and how my mom handled it with me. So again, we went on a hiatus of not speaking for another long time, at least a year. In my mind, I wanted my mom to behave differently. I often found myself saying, this isn't how a mom should act. No mom should undermine her daughter's authority with her own child. No mother should put their child in the adult role. So in both those situations, I really believed my mom what needed to behave differently. And until she showed that she could behave differently, I couldn't, in my mind, I couldn't remain in contact with her, right? She was acting out of line and it was unacceptable. And therefore, because she can't act right, I cannot interact with her. I refuse to interact with her. And that works fine. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I think that can be sometimes seem like and maybe is the, the way that works best for you to say they're going to act in ways that are unacceptable for me in my life. And so therefore, I'm going to bring me in my life away, <laughs> take my toys and go home, and I'm not going to hang out with them anymore or interact with them anymore. That can work. And here's the reason I don't love that method is because by having to discontinue a relationship, that means that you have to discontinue the relationship. You have to go through a lot of trouble in order to stay away, to avoid I don't believe that is the best way to move forward for me, no matter who we're talking about, but especially when we're talking about like a immediate family member or somebody that's married to an immediate family member that I think can be energy consuming to do the avoiding. So instead, what I now do is I clearly state my boundaries after they've crossed a boundary I let them know, like with my mom, if you go and speak with my ex again without letting me know, 
then I will not entrust you with any part of my life. I would still continue a relationship with her, meaning that I would still converse with her whenever she called, but I would not be sharing with her personal details of my life. Not because I have anything to hide, but because I choose not to invest myself in that way with her. Does that make sense? And so now, since I've done that, for instance, just the other day, she called and texted to let me know that my daughter texted her a thank you for the gift. My mom also called me a few days before Christmas. She did tell me after the fact, but she tried to get me the day before and said, hey, listen, I hope you don't mind. I've sent a gift to your daughter and here's what it was. That is not something that I asked for. I did not ask her to report back to me anytime that my daughter contacted her or that my mom sent her a gift. That is purely my mom's initiative to be proactive about that. For me, I do, I really appreciated her communicating with me about those things. It's an added bonus. But I think because I was very specific with her before about my boundary, once we did resume communication and I stopped punishing her, then it was clear. And then from there forward, she's been very respectful with me to me. A lot of times people don't understand where we're coming from. For instance, when I was sharing with my buddies back in Austin about my mom communicating with my ex without my knowledge and some of the other things that were happening, my friends were like, I wouldn't speak to my mom again. I could have found a lot of people to agree with me that my mom was out of line, right? A hundred percent. I still, to this day, I don't love the way that she acted. I absolutely don't. But because I hadn't drawn a boundary up till that far, there wasn't anything for her to go on. Now, one would argue they should just know this is common sense. And I'm sure many of you have gone through situations where you're like, that's just etiquette 101. They should know not to do A, B, and C. Yeah, maybe. Clearly, just like I was sharing in that, that recent episode about old resentments, they were thinking a thought that caused them to believe that what they were doing was the right thing. So in my mom's mind, she was doing the right thing for the right reasons. She didn't have any standards to go by. There were no bumpers until I drew them for her, till I communicated them to her. So I think that is really important to consider when we're talking about somebody that's let you down before. A lot of times we expect people to live by our manuals for them. Those rule books are usually completely unspoken and we just expect them to know. And if that is the case for you when somebody lets you down, it would behoove you to share those rules with them. And they don't need to abide by them if they're adults. They get to act however they want to act. And if they want to abide by these rules because they value the relationship with you and they think that these rules are great and blah, 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 then great. But if they don't, then they don't, right? Nobody has to follow the rules that you have in your head for them. Then for me too. Just knowing that it is a set of rules, unspoken rules, that you expect each person in your life to live by is, I think can be funny sometimes, but also it puts things in perspective. Just because you think that it's common knowledge, it is etiquette 101, they should know it's common sense, it maybe isn't for them. Clearly it isn't if they have let you down and they haven't done the thing. 
they have disappointed you. If you want to remain in relationship with this person, or if you, really, honestly, if you want to spend the least amount of energy possible and feel good on the inside, you have to communicate with them what your boundaries are when they cross them. I wouldn't just go yelling out to people what your boundaries are whenever you become friends with them. Hey, so don't do this. Don't do that. Because that's weird. I mean, you, you could do it, but it might be, by the way, if you hit me, then <laughs> it might be weird, awkward. They might not be friends with you. But when people come close to crossing a boundary or when, once they have, always you must state, if you, then I. If you do blank, then I will do blank. And the reason I will do blank is because when you do that, the story I tell myself is blah, blah, blah. And that story causes me to feel blah, blah, blah. We discussed that the other day. I know that you all can recall something where somebody has either talked about you behind your back or you heard through the grapevine that somebody has been gossiping about you, that they have been saying this or that you're not a good parent, that because of the alienation, you did this or you did that. It happens. It's going to happen. People are going to gossip no matter what we're talking about. And in fact, what do they say? All press is good press. I feel like if you're not being talked about, then you're not doing enough things out there. Like being talked about, whether it's bad or whether it's good. If you're not being talked about, bitched about, persecuted, judged, then I think that you're not sticking your neck out enough. Go do more things get talked about more for all the reasons. But really, not only will it cause you to worry less about what people are saying, because they're gonna talk, haters gonna hate. Also, I don't think we learn anything. I don't think we grow when we're not making waves. And it doesn't have to be like the instigating kind of waves. But just standing up for what you believe in, taking chances with regard to your creativity, your passions, what you believe in. And let me just add, this is not the topic of the conversation today. You guys know that when I say this, I don't mean go squawking about alienation if you're not yet healed in whatever area you might be squawking about, okay? I, I don't think that's gonna serve you or anybody. So when you are making the waves, just make sure that you're doing it coming from a place of love, doing it because it's truly what is in you and, and you feel that it might help be helping other people. Because that's what I truly believe. And I know I've shared this with you before. I believe that we are all here to share our experiences with others. It's sharing our experience, strength, and hope with one another to help one another. Like you are going to be a little bit further ahead than the, the next person and they're going to be a little ahead than the next person. And so it's just like a constant exchanging of experiences, right? And the wisdom that we acquire throughout as a result of the, the adversity that we go through. If we're just repeating the same old things every day in and day out, the less we're sticking our necks out, the less we grow. You know, you're going to always have the good with the bad is all I'm saying. That's nothing profound there, but it is true. So I'm still coaching myself on this last example. So you're going to be seeing it real time because I'm still pretty raw about this. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I am just as human as the next person. And I think it's probably good for you to see that because then you'll also see that like with my situation with my daughter, her father and stepmother, there was a time when I was bent out of shape about every little thing that they did. Very activated, very life is unfair, 
this sucks. And every email that came through, I would go into an immediate trauma response, impending doom feeling, wondering what might be in the email when I open it up. And I would be exhausted after reading whatever it was in there. Sometimes it would actually be nothing, really. And other times it would be a big freaking five-pager filled with belittling remarks. So I have been there. I just happen to have been so methodical and diligent about coaching myself when it comes to that area because it was such stress response after stress response. I didn't want them to consume my time anymore and my headspace, my bandwidth anymore. So I really did a lot of work with my coach and then on my own later on basically normalizing their behavior. The big things I seem to have under control. But when it comes to this one example, you'll see, I'm still going through it. So a couple of days before Christmas, I got a text from somebody that I know. I would call her maybe a new-ish friend, acquaintance, somebody that lives a couple of neighborhoods away. And we run into each other often when we're walking our dogs. She's also divorced. She does not have kids, but she works from home full time. And she was one that told me about Rover dogs today. Like I knew about it, but I never was never a thought in my mind. She texted me a couple days before Christmas and said, hey, I'm wondering if I can engage in your pet sitting services. Now, at the time that she, of her texting, she was visiting her family for the holidays. And she let me know that she just acquired a puppy from a rescue. But she's out of state. Said puppy is in state. She was going to have a friend go pick this puppy up. And she wanted to know if the puppy could stay with me. So I reluctantly agreed. She asked me what I charged. I told her I know where she lives. She's a friend of mine. We can discuss it later. I didn't want to do it. And I was only really doing it because I felt like it was the quote unquote right thing to do. This is what a nice, supportive friend would do for another friend. I would want somebody to do this for me. That was my initial thought, right? So I accepted. The puppy got dropped off, seven months old, this puppy, not house trained, horrible case of diarrhea, had the shits the whole time. He was picking fights with the other two dogs. It was a mess. And this friend out of town never once called me to say thanks. She just kept texting saying, oh, I hope he's not adding any added stress. That's That was her wording. I hope he's not adding any added stress to your holiday. And I, of course, I didn't respond to that because how do you usually respond to that? And then I found out in passing, text passing, she was like, oh yeah, so if I, if I were coming home tomorrow as planned, then blah, 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 suggesting that she was not coming home on the day that we agreed upon, which was today. I was none too pleased. Long story short, I didn't have to say much to her because through texts, I was able to take my time and respond in the way that I wanted to and very clearly to her. And so I basically let her know that she needed to have the dog picked up on the day that she we agreed upon, which was today. During this time over this weekend, I wanted to batch record episodes, all of January's episodes and today's episode. I'd planned to do that all day on Saturday and Sunday. And I didn't. I couldn't because I was dealing with this puppy. I wanted her, I expected her to show up on the day that we agreed upon. I expected her to let me know 
when she knew that she was not going to be showing up on the day that we agreed upon. I expected her to do a lot of things that she did not do. And so I spent most of my time over Christmas grumbling, being pretty pissed off, resentful. It consumed a lot of my time over the holiday and it didn't need to. So I was bummed. I was super bummed that it ended up being like this, that, you know, she chose not to call. Looking back on it, I fell back into this role that I played while, now I'm not saying that she is this, but I fell into this role that I played while with my narcissist ex, the last guy. And also the role that I played with my parents and probably the role that I played with my daughter's father, but I don't really remember so well about that. But it was that I was working really hard in order to maintain like this homeostasis, this maintain peace within the relationship or within the status, like the interactions. I found that I was the one initiating all of the conversations. Oh, here's an update about your puppy. Here's pictures. Here's this. Here's that. And I would just get these very minimal responses. It seemed very reminiscent of what has happened and the role that I played in my past. Again, I'm not saying that that's what she is. I'm just saying that the dynamic on my side of things seemed similar, very similar. And I didn't love that. I know what that was about. In fact, I felt bad when I did voice what I needed to happen moving forward regarding somebody picking up the puppy today. I felt bad. I was like, oh, I probably should have you know, just taken the puppy and continued on. I, I caught myself going there. And then I was like, no, that's not what you should have done. You have been bending over backwards for this puppy and for this absent friend. And I started thinking, I was like, if it was me who adopted a puppy while out of town, out of state, I would have driven back the day that I acquired said puppy. Definitely the day before I said I would come to pick up the puppy. Because that's just how I do. And, but I can't expect everybody else to do what I think is right. That is where I got stuck. I was stuck in, she should behave differently. Everybody else would agree with me that she is acting entirely selfish and weird and dismissive and not okay. This is proper etiquette, proper friendship, proper relationship etiquette. And by the way, this poor puppy you know, all of the things. I had all of the complaints, but I don't know her side of the story. I don't. Other than she said she was sick and that's why she wasn't driving home. So who knows? Maybe her reasons are good. It doesn't matter because you know what? I'm not the one to judge. I could judge. It's well within my rights to judge, but it doesn't cause me to feel good when I do judge. So I stated what I needed and it actually happened. The puppy got picked up by the friend that dropped the puppy off and puppy is now at a vet's office getting boarded there. And yeah, that sucks for the puppy. I do love puppies, but also I want puppies around when I don't have a ton of work. I planned on working, batching these podcast episodes for y'all and that actually takes care of my mental health to do that. It takes care of my workload throughout the month. All that stuff was put on hold for puppy and absent puppy owner. And so I'm really happy with how I handled that. I still haven't been, the offer to pay me has not been extended since I said yes, but whatever, the money is not important. 
in my mind, I'm still like, but that's what people do. That's what considerate people do is to just offer. I may not take it, but the fact that she hasn't offered is right now, it's bugging me. But she has a different story about that. So I do feel let down. But what's letting me down is not what she's done necessarily. It's my story about what she's done. I've been talking with you guys about this a lot lately. It's not the hellacious things that we think that they've done, the inconsiderate, hurtful, whatever you want to say, things that they're doing. Like people can act, I don't know what's happening behind me. Let's say I did actually want a puppy around right now. Maybe I've been craving having a puppy around. And because I didn't really want to batch these episodes this weekend. And so I was looking for any excuse. A puppy is a great distraction from that stuff. If that was my standpoint and this puppy would have come in, I would have welcomed this puppy being here and not felt put out. When she lackadaisically told me that she wasn't going to be returning home as planned, as we agreed upon, that could have been a welcomed extension of distraction for me if I really wanted the puppy to stay, right? So it is definitely not that she's not back yet that is causing me to feel let down or disappointed. It's my story. It's what I'm making it mean. To me, I was making it mean that she was inconsiderate of my time because I had other things to do, because I needed to back to these episodes, because I needed to get on with my life. I have a at-home business and I need to care for myself. I have other animals that I care for, my own animals that I was not paying attention to. So I made it mean that this puppy was an inconvenience. So it's not what she's done. It is what I've made it mean. And it's the same for you and me and everybody else. So anyway, people are going to behave how they want to behave. And you can either continue to entertain it like I did all weekend and luxuriate in the misery of your story about whatever they're doing. Or you can decide that it's just, it's only my story. It's really only my story about what they've done. And that's okay. Now that doesn't mean just because it's my story. I like my story. I'm okay with that. I still truly believe that I don't love how she handled it. As I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, I probably won't continue to put a lot of energy or time into the relationship with her. I did learn a lot here. She didn't make good on her end of the bargain or agreement. And so I won't continue to make agreements with her, <laughs> right? And that I think is also self-care. But it doesn't mean that I have to run from her, avoid her, shun her, or school her, let her know what a terrible person she was and the bad choices that she's made. People are going to people. Live and let live. It also doesn't mean that I won't, when we have a, see each other in passing, that I won't say, hey, this bothered me. And here's why. I think that is the healthy thing to do, is to not push it under the rug. But also, I don't need to actively yell or get angry with her. I can just let her know. Because I think that without communicating it, it is just a set of unspoken rules that you have for a person, right? Then you're also not behaving. And like if I was to not communicate with her and I was yelling at, in my mind, yelling at her for not communicating with me, then I'm doing the exact same thing she's doing in a different way. Still the same thing. I'm not being honest with her about where I was coming from. 
about how I feel about this, right? I don't need to shove it down her throat. I can let her know and just say, yeah, I don't love that. But act however you want because you're an adult. There is free will. So hopefully you can use that with your situations that maybe you have after following the whole holiday and the whatever family events you might have gone to or just with friends, maybe you're still feeling disappointed or let down by some of your close relationships. So maybe you can apply it there and just know that it's not what they've done. It's your story about it. It's what you're making what they've done mean. And it's not to blame. It's, there's no blame here. It's just knowing where your fence ends and theirs begins, right? So that's all I have for you today. I hope you guys have a lovely New Year's. Happy New Year. And I want to know what you guys have decided for your 2024. What are you going to create in 2024? Like I was, I brought up the conversation last week. What is going to be different for you in 2024? How are you going to show up? What are you going to create? What do you want to work towards? Okay. All right. Y'all take care. Thanks so much for listening today, guys. I'm honored that you chose to share your time with me. If you like what you've been hearing and you want more, come join me in the new monthly membership where we take the concepts that you hear about here and using a logical framework, you learn to apply them to your specific situations, upgrading your thoughts and your life, even while experiencing the grief of alienation. For more information, go to beyondthehighroad.com. See you soon.